The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn, joined as always by Anshu Kana. Anshu, we just literally left opening day. The White Sox come away with a 10-8 to win in a back-and-forth offensive explosion at Guaranteed Rate Field. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. It's fun to see a team that we actually care about doing well together. I'm shocked that it went the way that it did. But good opening day for us. Excellent opening day. The Sox are back to 500. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about here on the Fantasy Hour this week. We've got Final Four. Uh, we're in the swing of things in baseball, no pun intended. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming NBA playoffs. So let's get right down to it. Let's talk about the Final Four. I know our bracket's still intact uh, very well. I know you have been riding Virginia, at least after the Sweet 16, and we had nobody left. But uh, Virginia, they're the only one seed in the Final Four. They're going to be the first game of the weekend. It's at 5.09 Central Time tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, they're going to take on Auburn, who's been possibly the hottest team so far in this tournament. Auburn comes in as six-point underdogs. Uh, if you haven't taken a look at the odds on BovadaSportsBook.com, please do so. They've got Auburn as the six-point underdogs. That backcourt has been on fire of late. Uh, but Virginia, the favorite, I think that uh, that's the horse you're riding here along the way. Yeah, I mean, money line-wise, I like Virginia. They're at minus 250. I feel like that's a good bet. I actually like the future on Virginia to win the national title outright, but... Um, I don't know about the six points. I mean, Auburn, if you look back at not just this tournament, but the tournament before this one, where Auburn beat Tennessee, thrashed Tennessee, really, in the title game or of the SEC title game. I mean, this has been the hottest team in the country, bar none. In March, they did not lose a game um, and had plenty of tough foes. So I think that Auburn plus six makes a lot of sense with Harper and Brown. They just look like they're controlling the game. I think that... Uh, the injury, though, that they've suffered is, is a tough one to swallow. So I ultimately think Virginia wins, but I I would bet Auburn plus six. Yeah, Chumo Kiki going down. Obviously, they've rallied around him, and Bruce Pearl's got this team you know, playing the best basketball they played. And we, we talked about this on the leftovers as well. That's dating all the way back to the beginning of that SEC tournament. They've just been unstoppable, and that run has continued. Uh, you mentioned the backcourt. Those two guards they have have been excellent. Uh, and this is going to be an interesting game because of the contrasting of the two styles that you look at here. You have Auburn, who likes to get up and down. You know, we think back to that North Carolina game where they end up coming out on top. But North Carolina, you know, they're another team that likes to get up and down. Virginia, not so much. They like to slow down the pace, uh, kind of manage the, the pace of the game, and they've done a great job of that. 
on their way to the Final Four as well. Virginia's going to come in as a big favorite. We talked about the line with what Bovada has, but uh, it's going to be it's definitely going to be a fun game and uh, one that I think uh, I think Virginia probably pulls off because I think they'll control the game. But this is a game again. I think uh, Auburn is going to surprise some people with what they're able to do to stay in it for sure. Yeah, I mean both teams have played teams of the same pace of the opposite pace. I mean I think that. You know, we see, we talk about Virginia, and you talked about Auburn beating North Carolina. I mean, Virginia beat North Carolina, you know, this season pretty handily. So it's one of those things where I think that Virginia is more better equipped to encounter the style of Auburn than Auburn is of a team like Virginia. So Virginia's the only teams that Virginia lost to were Florida State and Duke this season. And I don't think this Auburn team really represents the athleticism of either of those teams. Yeah, I think that would be a, that would be a fair point. Uh, what about this other game that we have? Uh, so you've obviously got Michigan State, who knocked off the juggernaut that we saw in Duke, that a lot of people had winning it all. And they're going to take on Texas Tech. Texas Tech, much like Auburn, they're getting right at the hot time, or getting hot at the right time, I should say. Uh, but uh, this this is going to be a game. They've got it at two and a half on Bovada. Uh, what do you think happens here between Michigan State and Texas Tech? Aren't you? Uh, I mean, I. If you took off the names on the front of the jerseys, I think that Texas Tech would be favored. Like I, the the two and a half for the Spartans is so clearly Izzo based. I mean, it's it's a deference to Izzo in March, and I, I just I don't see the two teams being like that. I know that Michigan State beat Duke, but let's not forget Duke almost lost the last two games, if not for two, you know, missed last second very good shot. So you know, I think that. Michigan State comes in as, like, this is a nod to Izzo, and and I would take Texas Tech money line. I would take Texas Tech plus two and a half. I think they've got the best player in this game. Um, and Jared Culver, I know we talked about the idea of who's going to be better in the NBA, but I think, you know, Culver is the best player either way. So I think it's going to be a really, really good game, but I like Texas Tech with Chris Beard into the national championship. Yeah, Chris Beard's being talked about in a lot of uh, you know these 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 sports talk shows right now about potentially taking over you know a job like UCLA or potentially Texas if that job comes open. I mean, Chris Beard's the, the talk of the town uh, right now when you think about coaches with an opportunity to pretty much set the job they want going forward. But Texas Tech, you mentioned Jarrett Culver. I mean, he's he's been amazing. He's a sophomore that that uh, I think could really project into an excellent. NBA talent, and he's leading this team in pretty much every category. He's leading them in points, rebounds, assists. Uh, Cassius Winston's the guy at the Michigan State side, great leader, junior. Uh, you know, he's a guy that you know a lot of people th- think that will project to the next level. But I just I think that Jarrett Culver's got the star power. Texas Tech's got things going. Michigan State's obviously coming off of a huge win against Duke, uh, but I didn't expect them to win that game. I know you know the two of us both had Duke being the team to beat and. You know, Michigan State's the surprise, so I, I, I just, you know, I'm going to go with my gut. Texas Tech's the only team that I had right going to the Final Four. Uh, I'm going to stick with them, plus two and a half on Bovada. You know, they, they've got, uh, yeah, I think I, I, if I'm if I'm betting on this game, I'm taking the money line with Texas Tech and just going with my gut the way I've kind of felt about this team going into the tournament. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the one, I think it's interesting that that 132 number, I, I could definitely see that going under. Both these teams are very good defensively. And, uh, you know, it's just, I really think that this is going to be an interesting 
very good matchup that's it's less of a contrast of styles like the other game Auburn and Virginia complete opposites Tech and State are quite similar but I just think Texas Tech at this point is actually a better version of Michigan State so I, I'm with you I'm, I'm on the Red Raiders so just thinking you know obviously the the game uh, the, uh, the game of this season is not until Monday but you it sounds like you have Texas Tech uh, going to the championship I think you have Virginia as well who do you think yeah. would win that game if that's who end up who ends up playing I I mean, again, take the names off the front of the jerseys. In this case, both of them have never been to this point, I don't think, and so, or not in a long time, at least for Virginia. And I mean, I think it's going to be real close, but I think Virginia's experience at the end of the day would win it. But you know, right now, Texas Tech's the best team in the country. I think, you know, and I, I think ultimately, like I got zero of these Final Four correct, but I'm willing to admit, I think these are the four best teams in the country right now. Yeah, I don't think you'd be wrong in saying that. And I, you know, I I talked about this. I know I keep uh, mentioning the leftovers. We talked about this, uh, you know, yesterday in that show, and I talked about Virginia kind of feeling a little bit like a team of destiny. Obviously, they they lost last year. They were the first one to go down to a 16 seed uh, with the Retrievers from Maryland, Baltimore County, and then they they were losing to Gardner Webb uh, at, at halftime here this year as a 16 against a one once again. Uh, but I, I feel like they've kind of figured things out. They have the huge win against Purdue. They they get the buzzer beater to go into overtime. They they silence Carson Edwards after one of the best performances I can remember in recent tournament games and tournament years. Uh, but I, I feel like this is a team of destiny. And as much as I think Texas Tech is probably the better team at this point for me, I think Virginia, it, it just feels like this is their year and they're going to actually come back and do this after such an interesting you know, loss in last year's tournament. Uh, I, I, as a fan, I would like to see Texas Tech win, but I'm I'm going with my gut. I'm going to stick with Virginia. I think it's going to be Texas Tech, Virginia, and Virginia coming away with the win. I agree. I agree. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. All right. Well, fair enough. We've uh, we were excited for the Final Four this weekend. If you guys are listening to this on Saturday morning, hopefully you're hearing it before the tournament, and we're not completely wrong about it being Texas Tech and Virginia. It wouldn't be the first time. Uh, but before we get to a little bit of talk about what's gone on so far in the baseball season, we wanted to talk a little bit about our friends over at Yahoo. Anshu, we talked last week about Yahoo's Daily Fantasy, and I want to continue to tell our listeners about this. This has been something that I've finally now started to do of my on my own. I was using some of the other Daily Fantasy sites. I could create as many teams as I wanted to. Gave me a, a you know, it kind of diluted the competition. One of the things that we like about Yahoo is you can only create a maximum of ten teams, so you, you don't have as much of that diluted situation with with all of those daily rosters. Like and I know investors, yeah. exactly, and I know you've been using them for a while. Uh, so, so Yahoo Daily Fantasy is definitely uh, somebody we're excited to have on board. And if you've never played Daily Fantasy before, these guys over at Yahoo have you covered. Uh, you know, like I said, we talked about the different lineups. Yahoo's got that ten entry max. Uh, better chances for you to win the big game. Also, you're going to get twenty five dollars in free play when you make your first deposit using the promo code Pod twenty five. That's P O D two five. No waiting on the bonus. You can use it immediately to enter contests. Minimum deposit's only five bucks. That's promo code POD25. Anshu, we love Yahoo. We use them for all of our regular right. fantasy leagues. Why not use them for the daily? I'm oh, starting yeah. to now. It's super, yeah, the interface is super clean. It's a great, great interface. Yes, absolutely. So uh, anyway, let's let's get to baseball. We talk about this uh, leading up to the season. We talked a lot of fantasy baseball on last week's show. We're going to talk some futures today. Um, so this 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 beginning to this season, we 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 played the Mariners today, the Sox. Obviously, they were coming into that game at seven and one. What a comeback that they had! And the Sox were able to 
rally once again, get the offense going, and they end up winning. But this this beginning to this season has been interesting, to say the least. The, the Indians can't get their bats going. We talked about them being the odds-on favorite in the Central. Uh, a lot of surprises in the early on so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Indians not being what they ultimately will be is going to provide opportunity, I think, for a lot of let's call them betting investors like ourselves. And I, I mean, I think that right now is a good time to think about the Indians uh, because I think that there's a big run. You might even wait a little bit longer, but the second Francisco Lindor comes back, it's a totally different story for them. Yeah, that's a great point. And not only Lindor, they're also going to get Kipnis back. You know, there's there's Carrasco hasn't looked like themselves up to this point. It seems to me like the Indians are going to figure things out. But the Twins have been playing better. Maybe the White Sox do come in a year ahead of where they ex- where we expected them to be. But let's take a look at what Bovada's got as far as the MLB futures uh, with a little bit of adjustment from what we talked about leading up to the season. We talked a lot of, like I said, fantasy baseball last week. Let's talk some futures today. So uh, looking at the American League pennant, the Astros, again, they, they came into the season really the favorite. They're sitting at plus 310 with the Yankees there as the favorites, and then they've got the Boston Red Sox at plus 380. Indians drop all the way to plus 800. How big of a surprise is that to you, you know, obviously thinking about what we just talked about? Um, it's a little bit of a surprise, but they've clearly had the worst first week of any of these teams. I mean, you think about the injuries that they've had and how bad, you know, the players that they've had have played. I mean, Corey Kluber getting blown up is not a good sign. Um, you know, I think that they've lost some tough luck games, but their bullpen looks bad. Their lineup right now is a problem. Like, you, you can add Lindor back, and that's fine, but... He doesn't, and he does help, but we know baseball is not a one-man game. So adding one guy, even a great player like Lindor, is not going to change the whole trajectory. I think that's why you see that number so low. Um, but that being said, I think that the AL is wide open right now. Like, I, I mean, we thought about those top four teams, but I think the Rays have had an awesome first week, all things considered, not just because of their performance, but because of the injuries to the Yankees, the injuries – and how the Indians have looked, and the Red Sox with horrible sale, pitching, looking terrible. Not just Sale, but they're they're starting pitching. I mean, you've got Yavaldi looking horrible. You've got Rodriguez looking horrible. But yeah. there's definitely right. trouble here for Boston. I mean, obviously the bats are just insane for Boston as well as New York. But I, I do worry a little bit about their starting pitching as as we look toward both those teams yeah. for sure. And and I mean the Rays don't have a great staff on paper, but like when you think of First of all, Blake Snell is a bona fide star, obviously a Cy Young winner, but also just, you know, he just looks the part again this season to start. And then, you know, you've got a bunch of other pieces, and you just trust the organization and the manager to bring out the best in these guys. And I think that that's a big feather in their cap. But I think that the way that they've done this with the three starters and the two openers is going to lead them to, for sure, a wild card. And, you know, maybe they'll surprise and win this division. Yeah, it's really surprising when you look at the Rays. They're only at plus 900 to win the pennant now. The Indians drop all the way to plus 800, which we talked about. 
Crazy to see just what a week can do to some of these odds on Bovada. Uh, what about the NL? We talked about how competitive this was going to be in the NL this year compared to the AL. And it's kind of looking like that could be the case. The Mets have moved up to plus 280 in the NL, uh, NL East. That uh, th- that's my sleeper yeah. team this year. The Phillies at plus 165. Bryce Harper finally looking good uh, after a slow start in the first couple of games. The Nats have an injury with Trey Turner. Uh, it's going to be a struggle for them, but they're at plus 280 still sitting there with the Mets. I mean, even even the Braves at plus 300, that NL East might be the division to keep an eye on this year just from a fun fan standpoint. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think all those teams are interesting and mostly young, but they all have big names, big brands. I mean, they're, I think you could see any of those three or four teams winning the division, which is it's a rarity in baseball when you have such a large sample size. You usually know, you know, who the good teams are and who aren't and so that to have three or four really legit competitors is going to be fun in that division yeah and then the cubs they went on opening day and then they lose five straight the cubs similar to what we just talked about with some of these teams having pitching issues especially starting pitching issues boston is one that you you automatically think of you talked about new york uh the cubs starting pitching is definitely a question mark and obviously again they have the offense they you saw last night they play the braves they they kind of fight their way back in the ninth inning, but it was just too late. There's not enough there. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how they figure things out as the season goes on. They've moved all the way back now to plus 280 in the NL Central. The Brewers now the odds-on favorite at plus 140 on Bovada, and the Cardinals are actually the second there at 175, plus 175. Yeah, another super interesting division. Any of those three teams could win it. No chance on the Pirates. The Reds, not the best start, but I mean, I think that you know, I love what the Brewers are doing, um, but the concern I have is that Josh Hader's already pitched four saves in, you know, six games. So, tough situation there where you know you're not going to have him to be able to close all this stuff out. And without Corey Knievel, eventually that's going to catch up to them unless they do end up signing Craig, Kimb- Craig Kimbrell as most people expect them to. But, um, you know, I, I still would take the Cubs over the Cardinals. I think that they'll ultimately be the better team. It's just. Obviously, they stalled out early, and, you know, when you look at the schedule, I think you feel like you're going to bank wins against the Texas Rangers. That they didn't is a not a great sign, obviously, for the Northsiders here early. Yeah, you mentioned Kimbrell, so obviously him and Keuchel are the big names out there. If you're Bovada and you're making lines here, who do you think gets signed first out of those two guys? I think that Kimbrell is more likely just because one of these teams needs needs him to get going, and, and they can use him right away with Keuchel, I think that you have the concern, even though you think that he's probably warm. You know, he, he's probably not ready to go, um, you know, pitch six or seven innings. You're thinking two months down the line. So, and that's a bigger commitment. I don't think that Keuchel's signing a one-year deal given his age. So, um, you know, I, I would guess Kimbrell if I had to make a bet. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. I think Keuchel's probably the guy who ultimately can be better, mm-hmm. but he's... His, he's placed his value way above what it actually is in the marketplace right. right now, and it's it's making it difficult for teams to actually be willing to sign him. I mean, he's been talking to the Padres. The Braves have shown interest. Houston's offered him a one- and a two-year deal, and he's he's declined both of them. He thinks well, he's, he's worth $25 million a year, and it's just not going to happen. I think that the concern is not the, the amount per year. It's the total Length. money. Yeah, I mean, he's – look, he's 32, I think, 33 – and so he's only got so much time left on his clock, and, and, I mean, he wants to maximize his income as much as he can going forward and couldn't blame him there. And so that's that, But that's a problem. Like, as we go into the season, is some team going to sign him to a three-year deal in the middle of the season? I mean, that seems unlikely. 
Yeah, I would say. Uh, but uh, so we'll, we'll we'll dig more and more into fantasy baseball. We'll talk more and more about how these lines change as the season goes on. We're really excited about the Sox being 500 six games into the year, and hopefully they're not uh, three and five by the end of the weekend. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, but before we do, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Podcast One. Podcast One Sportsnet is your home for the best coverage of the Final Four in this year's March Madness. Get all the play-by-plays and top-notch analysis from sportcasting gurus like Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen. Then put in your bets with the betting expert R.J. Bell on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview and laugh out loud with the biggest name in the game, literally, on the big sportscast, excuse me, big podcast with Shaq. Download new episodes of these shows and more every week on Podcast One Sportsnet. All right, aren't you? Uh, I made it through that ad read barely, uh, but we wanted to talk about the NBA playoffs. I know we've kind of let the NBA go by the wayside here uh, as the season wears on. Obviously, your Bulls, my Cavs, not necessarily in the playoff talk. They're more in the talk for the lottery, uh, but we've still got a lot of good basketball here as we look toward the playoffs. There's still some seeding things being figured out in the West and the East. You look at the East from 6 to 8, that's still a question mark. There's still two teams in 9 and 10. When you look at the Miami Heat, uh, they still have, have an opportunity. Orlando, Miami, uh, still kind of jockeying for a position there. And then in the West, everybody from 5 to 8 has still not yet to be figured out. But let's look at the futures here on Bovada. Uh, they still have the Golden State Warriors, obviously, as the odds-on favorite to win the Nash, or to win the championship, the NBA championship. They're at minus 220. The Bucks with the best record in the NBA. I know you've silently been rooting for them all year. They're at plus 750. That's just a crazy margin from one to two. Are you surprised at all that this is that lopsided? Uh, no. Um, you know, the Warriors are not the Warriors that we've seen before, but they have deserved this spot based on their history. You know, they get, they have, you know, the best team on paper by far, um, as is constructed. And this is that last run, and so everyone's going to defer to them. So there's some of that bias baked into these odds, but, like, can you picture anyone but them winning this year? It's tough to say. And so, you know, no one else is betting other futures is my point. Specific teams, it's tough to picture. That being said, I think there's there's value with the Bucks. I mean, if you think of a seven-game series where they have home court advantage, and that stadium can get loud, that new stadium. I, Pfizer Forum. Pfizer Forum, you know, we've been there. Um, not for this, but <laughs> not for the Bucks. But, you, you know, I, I feel like... There is some value on Milwaukee here um, relative to the Warriors, to your point. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors definitely don't look as dominant as they've looked in the past few years. Even that year in 2016 when the Cavs uh, came back from down 3-1, the Warriors still seem like the dominant force, and they definitely still are that. And they obviously have Durant. They obviously have Steph. They have Clay. Uh, Draymond's a clown, but um, the, the the team itself, I mean, they're still constructed. They don't have the depth maybe that they've had in years past, but they still are probably the most talented. You've had injuries uh, with Milwaukee that are definitely going to have, uh, you know, cause some issues here in the playoffs. Denver has been the team in the West that's really kind of kept pace with them all year, but they also have injuries that they're, they're dealing with as well. Yusuf Nurkic is hurt out in Portland. They were a team that kind of matched up well with, with uh Golden State, but I just I don't know that there's anybody in the West unless Oklahoma City gets hot, which we've seen them do at times. I just don't think there's a team in the West that can knock them off. But well, maybe one of these Eastern Conference teams. The Eastern Conference is going to be fun. Uh, looking at the the odds in the Eastern well, just Conference. Before, yeah. before you get to that, you talked. To, I mean, think of the path for the Warriors versus the Bucks and how easy this is setting up for the for the Warriors. They're the one seed. 
they're playing the four versus five. The four and five right now are the Blazers and Jazz. You mentioned the Blazers' injury issues. The Jazz are, you know, they're a tough team, but that's not really a, a situation that worries you. And then you get... They've had injuries too. Dante Exum's out for the year. Yeah, I mean, so then the Warriors don't even have to play one of the good, really good teams. If you think of the other teams in the West, the Nuggets, Rockets, Clippers, Thunder, Spurs, you know, Clippers and Thunder, they're all going to play each other. So... Um, you know, ultimately the Warriors are just going to get the one team that comes out of that bloodied into the Western Conference final. And, you know, that, that plays to their strength. And then it leads to what you're saying about the East where, so it's going to be fun. All these teams seem to be good in the East. Yeah, I think one through five, I mean, really one through four, but one through five, if Victor Oladipo doesn't go down, Indiana is still playing well without him, but if he's there, the one through five in the East is interesting. I mean, they've still got the Pacers at plus 3,300. Again, if they have Oladipo, that line is dramatically changed. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. They've got Milwaukee at plus 180, Toronto at plus 230, Philadelphia at plus 290, and then Boston at plus 450. I mean, I think this Eastern Conference second round could be one of the more exciting uh, rounds of playoffs in the East that we've seen in the last decade. So you you agree. I mean, can we just fast forward to those four teams going, you know, and then then – I like that the way that the home court advantage is going to break out. I mean, it's going to be the Sixers at the Raptors and the Celtics at the Bucks. it looks like. And I think that that's right. I, I mean, the Bucks are the one seed, and to me, Boston is clearly the fourth best team of these four, um, which is shocking. If you had told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have said, you're, you're crazy. Um, but that, I, I think that, that that's fair, that that's how it breaks out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Toronto and Philly have the best chance to come out of the East here. If Milwaukee wasn't facing the injury issues that we've seen, but you know, I say that, and we I just saw we right. just saw Milwaukee in Philadelphia last night. We were watching the game together, and again, and Philadelphia, Philadelphia had, and they had it in control. Yeah. Joel Embiid played one of the best games I've seen out of him. He, you know, he was he was hitting deep shots. He was he was finessing it close to the rim, and then Giannis takes over the game. And you know Middleton is the role player that that he needs, and he needs to be that in the playoffs. I, you know, so so as I say that, and I think Philadelphia bring you know bringing in Tobias Harris, you know he's obviously a huge addition. But then also you know the chemistry issues that they've had since bringing on Jimmy Butler. So from a talent standpoint, and on paper Philadelphia seems like they're the better team, but from a gelling and you know kind of having that consistency and that that you know that that team feel that we've seen out of Milwaukee all year. I think I'm talking to myself into Milwaukee actually having a better shot than Philadelphia, even though I think Philadelphia has a better roster well, when you talk about individual talent. I, I think you're skipping over the team that is actually going to make Toronto. the conference. I, I love Toronto. I think Toronto and the Bucks are on a crash course to or a collision course to, to meet in the East Finals. And to that end, I mean, I think that that means to me that Toronto should probably be um, – the favorite in that game, I, I mean, in that series. And, I, I mean, I like that their odds are plus 230. I mean, even though that they're going to be on the road, you mentioned the injuries for the Bucks. That's a little concerning. I do think they'll all be back, but how rusty will Malcolm Brogdon be? How rusty will, you know, some of their other pieces be that haven't been playing the last few weeks? So, um, you know, I do think the Bucks will come out of the East right now, but I think it's more close to even. And so for that reason... I, I get like why the Raptors are are dogs. It's not because people think that the Bucks are better than the Raptors. It's because the Raptors have to play the Sixers before they play the Bucks. So to beat both those teams is a tough scenario. Yeah, the Raptors on Bovada are plus one thousand. I mean, they're the third best odds to win the finals, but the the 
the disparity between that plus 1,000 and minus 220, I mean, is that something worth the risk and maybe hedging later in the playoffs? Again, it just boils down to the fact that if the Raptors only had to play the Warriors straight up, that wouldn't be the odds, you know? The fact is that they'd have to beat... The six, they'd have to beat the Sixers, then the Bucks, then the Warriors. And to do all three of those things is tough. I think that's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for these playoffs. Again, I don't think the Warriors have the dominance that we've seen in years past. The East is interesting because you've got four teams that just stacked with talent and really not living up to their expectations aside from the Bucks, who maybe are a year ahead of being the best team in the East. Uh, so it's exciting to think about when you look at the East, the West – Yes, there's teams that you, you know, maybe could feel like beat the Warriors, but the Warriors obviously now having Boogie Cousins back. They've been resting him. He hasn't played a back-to-back really since he's been healthy. Uh, So, you know, having him at full strength in the playoffs is obviously going to be huge for the Warriors. I I just, I don't think that there's a team that's going to give them a seven-game series in the Western Conference, but... Oklahoma City again when that's they get hot if, if they can say. somehow that's the one team bring it all together them. that's they, the one team that can beat them they I match don't up think well the, I don't think the Rockets can yeah I, I agree I, the Rockets have they played a really good second half and Harden has been unreal he's probably going to win the MVP this year no no you don't Giannis think so you think Giannis MVP. wins it yeah. I, I mean Harden's averaging what 36 37 points this year yeah I, I yeah he is but you know Giannis's numbers are insane right now I'm pretty sure that Giannis is the favorite I mean I, I look if it was up to me I think that you go with the team with the best record he's got nothing around him um, and you know that plays into it I know that you know Harden's you know scored so many points and had been on just this un- unbelievable streak but yeah, I, I'm comfortable saying I would bet on Giannis. Yeah, trying to pull up these odds on Bovada, I'm not seeing it. But I, I think you, you, you would definitely have to say without question that it's going to come down to those two regardless oh, yeah. of what it looks like. I, sure. I know those the, the lines on that have moved throughout the season. We've talked about it on previous shows. I, if they're even, you're taking Giannis. I, I think I'm taking Harden just because, again, Giannis has been amazing. They're the best team. They have the best record in the NBA. But James Harden, I mean, we were talking about this team potentially being out of the playoffs, and he's just continued to put up ridiculous numbers. They've gotten healthier as the season's gone on. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a coin flip on who wins that, and I, I think I'm taking Harden just because wow. he's probably the bigger name, and I feel like he'll get more votes. It's possible, but, I mean, it should be honest. He's, he's so good, and they're so good because of him. Like, they're both awesome, and both teams count on their players, but one of them is better than the other, so one of the teams is better than the other, so... Fair enough. We're going to have some golf talk here on future shows. We're going to be in the heart of the baseball season. You know, basketball is starting to get away from us, but we've still got the NBA playoffs. we got the Final Four. Masters coming up next week. There's so much to talk about. We love bringing this stuff to you guys. Hopefully you enjoy hearing it. Uh, We enjoyed opening day today. We saw a White Sox win. My guy Tim Anderson goes off three for four, scores four runs. Your guy, Yoan Moncada, amazing. You bought the jersey today. I absolutely love it. Anchu, anything you wanted to add before we get to this Taco Bell? No, sir. Let's go do it. I love it. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. We're going to see you guys next week, but our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour.